Taps uh, Stout Breakfast. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be great. Mm-hmm. You're not going to want to miss that. It's a good time. Uh, but first, we are uh, pleased to be joined by uh, Franco from uh, Flat Earth Brewing Company. Good evening. Or hey. good morning. Or whenever you're listening. <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> How you doing, Franco? I'm doing good. How about yourself, Andrew? Not too bad. Not too bad. So uh, I'm glad to finally uh, have you on the show. It's been... Uh, and it's been a while since I've seen you, and we've had requests from from plenty of folks saying get get Flat Earth on the show. So I'm glad we were finally able to to make it happen, man. Welcome, welcome to the show. Great, thanks. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, you brought uh, a myriad of beers for us to to try and talk about uh, while you're here. Let's uh, let's get right into it uh, and pour. Well, I don't know. What do you? What should we pour first, Franco? Well, since we're kind of moving right through Carnival right now, the Winter Carnival, which is a big season for us folks over in St. Paul, I brought um, a beer that we made for the Vulcans for many years now called the Red Cape, which is an Irish red ale. There it Uh, goes. Very nice, easy-drinking brew. I like the sound of that. And this year, the Royal Guard, the other half of the Carnival, requested that we make a beer for them. So uh, Friday Bob, our head brewer and one of my partners, came up with a... uh, a mint chocolate porter called Loyalty and Honor. It's nice. A, it's a real nice brew. Real nice brew. So you guys have a, a rich St. Paul tradition for, for folks that aren't aware of of Flat Earth. Um, walk us through a bit of your your story, your your history in St. Paul. Well, the, the brewery was originally started by Jeff Williamson over off of uh, West 7th by Pearson's Candy. Mm-hmm. And myself and John Warner came and got involved late 2010, early 2011. And then we, we knew we had to move it to a bigger location. Mm-hmm. And we decided to take on the huge tasks of renovating some of the abandoned buildings at the old Hams Brewery, which is where we're located now. Yeah, because the old location, as, as nice as it was, was pretty cramped. It was, it was it very was tight, small, tight quarters very there. Small. Mm-hmm. Yep, we didn't even have a tap room there. It was so small. So, how did you guys come upon the the Hams facility that you're in now? Well, mostly that's because of Warner. Mm-hmm. He um, in the, the end of 2011, he decided to go out and try and find a location for us. Looked at over a hundred different places. Uh, ultimately, came down to just a couple. The Ham site being one of them. Uh, the first time he brought me there, I told him I was positive he was completely insane. Um, but the, I will give John a lot of credit. He's got good vision, and he said, just think of what it can be. Um, and now we, uh, we're happy to say that we've got our tap room open. We have a 7,000-square-foot patio, which is the ruins of the oldest building on the property. It was the carpentry shop for the Hams Brewery. That's a hell of a patio. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. We've had some great concerts out there. We're going to do quite a few this summer as well. Nice. What uh, what are you guys doing for concerts? Just tell people uh, what you've done so they get just kind of an idea. Well, one of the first groups or, or first performances we had inside the brewery, we had the uh, St. Paul Chamber Orchestra's String Sextet oh, come yeah. perform, and they did a Tchaikovsky's piece, which was just fabulous. It was a great night. I know. I was. Uh, I wanted to go to that. Uh, I think it was sold out by the time I wanted to get tickets. Yeah, it but, went uh, fast. It my, went fast. Uh, my significant other is actually like a trained like concert performer. Really? And, Very cool. Yeah, yeah. Very she, cool. Uh, she really likes that kind of music and performance. So, uh, um, but hopefully, well, we can tease it now. If you guys are, are you going to have something like that happen again? Well, our, our next big concert coming up is um, on March 23rd. Corey Stevens, who's a blues musician, somewhat famous blues musician from LA, he's played twice now at the brewery, and he is coming back on the 23rd to perform for us on a Friday night. Uh, so that's the next real big concert. But we do musical performances. Well, tonight, as a matter of fact, is open mic music. Um, so we have 
live performers there tonight. And then every Friday and Saturday night, we have some sort of live performance at the brewery. So we have music quite regularly. I like the uh, the idea of the uh, the open mic where folks can come and kind of, you know, maybe they're not, you know. It's a great way for them to get some... Stage presence, yeah. yep, some stage presence, and you know we'll have we'll have a dozen performers tonight. Uh, Jamie and Don Strobeck kind of run that for me. They do a wonderful job for me. They're good people. Nice, that's a lot of fun. What's the? Uh, have you had any people come up and, and do the open mic who just you know blow you away? Has there been you know some crazy? Well, when one of the the funnest ones was we had a thirteen year old boy two years ago come out. So he's fifteen now, but he came out and performed just some kick butt hard rock and roll guitar playing it just yeah. was f- fabulous performance fabulous performance but uh, that that's one that always sticks out for me but we've had quite a few really good performers come out and um steve whittakey kind of books all my music for the weekends uh he's usually there when he hears somebody he likes he talks to him about coming to perform in, on one of the weekend events drew you gonna bring your kazoo do an open mic i say uh, i'm sorry you you mistook me i play the harmonica ah, ah there we go <laughs> yeah. I, do, I, I do solo classic harmonica uh, ensembles by myself <laughs> you do an ensemble by your solo, solo ensemble. ensemble by myself yes <laughs> with, with the chromatica yeah nice. don't, i don't I don't even know what that word is. <laughs> Chromatica. It's like a big harmonica. And I think I'm I think I'm using the right word. I may be I may be using the wrong word, but it's one it's like this It works for us tonight. Massive harmonica. It's really great. Ah, this this beer that you poured me here, this uh it's the big not, money? Yeah. No, this is not the big money, oh. the uh, the carnival. Oh, you're doing the uh the loyalty and honor, the new um infused porter that, that Bob made for the Royal Guard. Yeah. yeah. It has a really strong mint aroma to it. Um it isn't overpowering in the taste, though. It has no, it's not. Finish. I mean, it's 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 got a, a real subtle finish to it, but it's very prominent on the nose. But it's not like, oh, I don't know, what kind of mint did he use in this? Because uh, it reminds me of... Uh, it was a spearmint mint leaf that he put into it. All right. A lot of people say it reminds them of Andy's mints. Again, you know what? Mm, I, I yeah. hear that all okay. the time. Yeah, yep. I could definitely see it's got that that rich flavor to it, and that mint component really kind of kind of brings it all all together. I would uh I would make a uh, maybe some take some mint chocolate chip, throw it uh throw it into a float. Okay, make, well make it's it's funny that you say float. that because the actual the description that Bob uses for it is peppermint bonbon porter. See, there you go. <laughs> Peggy Bundy would love it. She'd love it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Man. We're talking with uh, Franco from Flat Earth uh, Brew Company in St. Paul. For those that uh, that haven't been to your tap room, why don't you give us a real quick rundown of just your 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 standards? What what they can expect and to see when they uh, when they show up that you've always got on tap well in our tap room we have 11 different options plus two sodas that we make at the brewery our four year-round standards is our angry planet which is our american pale ale which is a really nice easy drinking american pale with cascade mm-hmm. nice nice easy easy beer um our porter our cygnus x1 rye porter Really, really sells the crap out during this time of year because people like the darker beers. That's yeah. You guys very, are famous for that beer. Very well known beer, absolutely. And yeah, our you guys um, do kind of porterfest around. We actually do do porterfest from November first through the end of the year. Each week we have a different infusion that we put out to the public to consume and take home and growlers and consume in the tap room. We also have our IPA Northwest Passage, really well balanced IPA, and then the first beer that Jeff had made at Flat Earth was a Belgian Pale, and we still make that today. Then when it comes to the seasonals, it's a wide variety. We have everything from our, our black helicopter coffee stout to our 
And we'll get to that in a minute, but I'm, I'm pouring a sample of uh, Big Money Oh, okay, right okay. Now. Well, the Big Money is the Cygnus X1 Porter that has been aged for eight months in Heaven Hills whiskey barrels. Half rye whiskey, half bourbon, and then in the end they were blended together to make the beer. That's fun. Yeah. It's a very, very strong whiskey pronounced beer. You, you definitely know that it's been aged. Is that a, a taproom only release, or where can folks get their hands on big money? Well, we do sell it in 750s at the brewery in a few locations like Heritage Liquor out in Maplewood and also Morelli's right by us at, by the brewery. Mm-hmm. The two places that I know that have the 750s available. Man, I went to Morelli's for the first time uh, just a few weeks ago, I guess it was. And, uh, you know, they're they're big on cash transactions. There, yes. Right? Um, and no they, credit cards. Right? Yeah, they're old school, <laughs> yes. you know. Uh, and, man, they were, they were doing business that day. I'm trying to remember. It might have been, like, New Year's Eve maybe I was there or somewhere in between that holiday stretch. And man, they were doing business. Yeah, they've uh, they've they've been on the east side for a long time, just like Yerusos, which is right next door to them. There are a couple of mainstays over there, and and they both carry a lot of traffic and are actually really good customers and friends of mine. Yeah, you know they they were doing a, a fantastic job, and their their prices. I'm assuming it's because they don't do any of those car transactions. You are correct. Those extra fees built in. Yep. But if you if you were looking for a, a, a purchase in the economical uh, sense of the word, go to go check out Morelli's. They've got a, a great selection, uh, and they're doing a, a good job over there in the East Side. We're coming up on a break, Drew. Yeah, let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk a little bit more about your open mic nights and Excellent. how those things got started. Excellent. And where people can learn more about that. Plus, uh, coming up in a little bit, you're going to hear some segments from our stout breakfast at uh, Groveland Tap. You're not going to want to miss it. Stick around. Minnesota Beer Cast. Hey, it's Drew here for the Good Feet Store. Look, I've been suffering from foot pain for well over a year now. I went on vacation last year. I did a ton of walking and ended up with this severe foot pain on the outside of my foot and it made it really difficult to do the things I want to do. I went to the Good Feet Store and I tried their Good Feet Arch Support System. Let me tell you, I noticed the difference immediately. I saw immediate relief from my foot pain and it's just... Got- I one of your open mic nights. <laughs> well, you know, it, it, we, we get a wide range. We do have a couple of hardcores that come out and play from time to time, but we do really go all over the place from some really good blues music to some classical stuff so it's pretty much open to what the performers want to put out there i don't think there's a, a ton of norwegian death metal guys doing what uh, there might be one metal. or two yeah well that's what's fun about open mic nights is you never know what you're gonna get i mean it, 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 some of you know it's, it, it's it's just you get this weird gamut of people show up people and, willing to give know? it a shot yeah, yeah absolutely there's so much fun how long have you been doing the uh, the open mic? Well, let's start with the, you do you do music uh, two two nights a month every other Thursday, correct? And then on correct. the, uh, First, then on the off third Thursdays is you, music. On the off Thursdays, you do comedy. Yes, sir. Yep. Uh, so, how long have you been doing these? So, the music has been going on. We're, we just started our third year of okay. that, and the comedy has been going for um, attempting for about a year, um, not that long. Uh, probably l- late last summer, early fall. Brian who you know well, um, came down and to perform. And we had the guy that was scheduling it kind of blew it and didn't show up. And I kind of was telling Brian my woes, and he said, hey, I'll do this for you. And I went, all right, take the ball and run with it. So he's kind of been running it for us for the, you know, for the last six, eight months, and he's been doing a really good job. And that would be Brian McDaniel, friend of the, uh, the morning show here, correct. Justice and Drew, and on yep. the Wrong About Everything podcast. Correct, correct. Yep. Yep. Budding young comedian. Well, budding. <laughs> well, he thinks comedian. he's funny. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, uh, I, I do love uh, 
the Wrong About Everything podcast, and we should plug them. They're on the they're on the show or they're on the the, the station. Um, you know yeah. the I love the fact that you get two perspectives um, on on that show when it comes to mm-hmm. to the world of politics. So um, shout out to those guys uh, and gals. Uh, and that's as much politics as we're going to talk. So we're going to go today. <laughs> that's not why we're here, right? <laughs> One of the things I wanted to ask you, uh, Franco, uh, you talked about the the tap room earlier, and you mentioned sodas uh, being oh, yes. part of, of yes. what you guys offer. Um, walk us through what you guys have for offerings, and then I want to ask you a little few more uh, in depth questions. Well, we've primarily just because of production issues, have only focused on two. We have a wonderful. Um, root beer that Bob makes, and also a ginger beer, non-alcoholic, both of them. And uh, they're fabulous, but I will tell you the ginger ale is very gingery, and you better It's real be ginger, right? I, I like to mix it with some whiskey every once in a while. It's, <laughs> no. it's a nice little mix. <laughs> well, and you guys have some whiskey kind of right across the parking lot. We do, lot. as a matter of fact, yeah. Eleven Wells is our, our neighbor, parking lot neighbor. That's a, That's some... They call it Sim- Simbi- Symbi- Synergy? Synergy. Synergy. Correct. And they've been nice enough to send us a few empty barrels from time to time, and we store or you know, age some of our stuff in some of their barrels as well. That's kind of fun. You get people who, who probably want to you know, try a, a little bit of the, uh, the spirits along with the beer, come over to the historic uh, Hams facility and, and dabble a bit. Yeah, and I know they are actually getting closer to opening up a, uh, a tasting room. They, they've... Don't quite have it finished, but I know that the the guys over there have been work, working real hard. And I know Seth and Bob, Seth's the distiller over there. Him, yeah. him and Friday Bob, our brewer, they they chat often about different things they want to try and build together. So that's cool. Yeah, that's kind of neat. Is there any you think on the horizon any sort of uh, you know bigger collaboration with between the two of you other than just the the sharing of barrels, or is there you know you're gonna have events together in in shared spaces or? Sure. They've kind of, you know, because we've been up and running with our taproom for a few years now and, and kind of had some really nice events, we've discussed the potential of trying to do some bigger neighborhood events down uh, down this summer. And we're also going to include people like um, Candace Records, which is a new record coffee shop that opened up down on Payne Avenue. They're going to, we met with those guys. They're going to be doing some stuff with us this summer as well. And, you know, we like to get um, one of our good friends from uh, Oscar from Tequila Los Pacino. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mexican restaurant. They, he's actually at the brewery tonight. He instead of doing an outdoor food truck, he actually sets up a basically a indoor kind of a. I like that s- little smorgasbord. For more people. of a, more of kind of a, a catered uh, situation than than a food truck. Yeah, it just works out nice because then the folks, our customers, don't have to go outside and right? don't have to run the food in. They don't have to worry about trying to keep their trucks warm while they're cooking and stuff. And I don't know if anything about propane, but when you get to these negative temperatures, it doesn't work that well. I I, I don't know anything about. This. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I'm glad somebody does. I'll have to book uh, Hank Hill on the show next. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> no, I. I'm glad you, you brought it up. When we would talk about food trucks here from time to time, and and Schmitty loves them, he's I'm, a huge I'm, fan. I'm kind of like has nothing but positive things. Kind of like say a cranky old him. man when it comes to to food trucks. You really are, are you a little picky? Are you a little picky? He's totally get off my lawn when it comes I, to food trucks. I'm, actually, I'm I'm get off my lawn when it comes to most things. So it's just, just the fact that, 
that food truck. And you consider all of St. Paul your lawn. So? <laughs> it is. I'm good with that. But, I mean, it's, it's, I don't know. Well, I'd love to hear your perspective uh, as somebody intimately involved with the brewery, what what your take is on, on the food truck scene. I hear so many people tell me, we had a food truck booked today and it got cold, so then they canceled. Or they got I, a better opportunity, so they're not here. I will not disagree with those statements. I have had them come across. Um, across our table from time to time, and, and we have decided to kind of try and focus more on our local people that are from the neighborhood, like, mm-hmm. like Oscar and also Stevie D's was there last night, and they understand we're trying to do something with the neighborhood, and because they live in the neighborhood, they're not as flighty. Is that a mm-hmm. good word? Um, right. It helps us uh, get a little bit more reliability. I'd have to it. look them in the eye every once in a while, right? <laughs> I think they understand that you know that you know we put forth a lot of effort in renovating a, an abandoned space that was really an eyesore for the for the east side and, yeah. and have turned it into something that is becoming a bit of a destination and it's pretty cool to to have them come join us in this this yeah. project yeah so it's, it's a big opportunity for food trucks to be able to to be invited to a tap room and and to be able to take part in what what all the all the effort that you guys are, are doing are putting into getting people to your room and you know it, it bothers me when i hear stories about food trucks that sort of take that for granted or abuse that invitation and I don't think those are the food trucks. You know, market forces are going to are going to take care of that eventually. Right. Those are the food trucks that probably aren't going to be around very long. Yeah, that's, I don't wish anyone any ill will, but it does get frustrating when you have an event. Well, as I mentioned, you know, Corey Stevens mm-hmm. came and played the first time he played the food truck that we had scheduled. Bailed. Just bailed like an hour before they were supposed to show up, and, and it made it tough. But luckily, our good friends at Russo's, Freddie, got a bunch of pizzas put together and brought them over, and we sold sold them by the slice for him. And, Nice. We managed to pull it off. Yeah, you've got a great neighborhood over there. Um, I love Ward 6 just down the road. Yes, yes. Eric and Bob are great guys. They're yeah. the owners of Ward 6. Yeah, phenomenal. If you've not been over there, uh, you know, stop in there before or after your trip over to uh, uh, the Flat Earth Brewery. And they do uh, they do bring food over over to the, bre- the brewery from, from Ward 6 from time to time. I'm a big fan of their poutine. Have yes, you had the, uh, have. the poutine there? Yes. <laughs> Throw yes. a little Cholula on there. <laughs> a little breakfast poutine. You can't go wrong. And then have you made it down to... To either tongue and cheek or Brunson's yet? You know, I had somebody bring me some leftovers from tongue and cheek, but I have not made it down to either establishment. Okay. Brian, owner of tongue and cheek, they have a very um, unique style of food. It's very, very good, very uh, foodies type. And then mm-hmm. um, Tom opened up Brunson's last fall. And I've heard really good, really things. good, really good stuff. Yeah, they're both, you know, all, all three of them, including Freddie. What uh, what kind of what style uh, food is happening at Brunson's? It's very Americana, you know. It's your yeah. it's your upscale bar food. Nice. Know? Yep. Yep. Goes goes good with a couple of flat Earth beers. Absolutely. <laughs> we we kind of got started uh, talking about soda. I want and I want to get back to it. You guys have uh, a ginger ale and you have uh, a root beer. But do you see more and more brewers getting into the soda craft soda type of space? I know we had Liftbridge on last week. They do a rupee that's out. In yep, chance. they do. Yep, absolutely. And and we would like to probably follow that eventually. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does take up production space. And sure, you have to make those decisions. Um, you know, we choose to have it because we want to be able to offer someone who doesn't drink an option to, to sure. consume. Sure. Well, and like, you know, I've brought my, my son with me to, to tap rooms and, and he's, you know, he'll, he'll 
chug a, uh, you know, no caffeine, lemon lime soda or, or ginger ale or whatever. Yeah. Um, do you guys get many kids in drinking sodas? We get a lot of kids. We're both kid and pet friendly. So we get a, a large contingent. It's funny on some Sunday, Saturday afternoons, you'll just end up having all these parents bringing their kids in and just, <laughs> you have a little play area for them and yeah. keep them busy. And, you know, dogs were dog friendly. I have my two dogs at work every day in my chocolate labs and, um, we've had things with the Minneapolis St. Paul um, dog meetup group there, and we've done a lot of dog rescue stuff. And ooh. that's awesome. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a yeah. lot of fun. It's you know that's that's good to hear. I know some people don't want to have any kids around when they're in a tap room drinking beer, but yeah, I'm well, I'm a parent. It's, so it's just going to say you know the the parents always thank us. They yeah. they appreciate the fact that we're willing to. Um, cater to their their lifestyle and their choices and it's no big deal yeah. and, and at my house it's it's a lot of it is about not demonizing alcohol or having a couple yeah. of beers you know it's not a big deal for dad to have a couple of beers and be responsible or mom to yeah. do the same absolutely so very good well we uh we are just about uh, out of time for this segment thank you so much to uh, franco for coming on and thanks for having me out here guys and the tap room and come back again soon yeah, i hope so that'd be fun. great great conversation yeah. a lot of fun thank you so much we'll have you on again soon coming up next you're going to hear us live from the Stout Breakfast at Groveland Tap. Fantastic stuff out there. You're not going to want to miss it. Stick around. This is the Minnesota Beer Cast. iHeartRadio is the easy-to-use app for music and radio. Download the free iHeartRadio app today. From the Cremation Society of Minnesota Weather Center. Mostly sunny for today, a little warmer, a high up to 20. Partly cloudy and a one below low tonight. Cold. And in the mid-teens for Monday and partly so fantastic food. Yeah. Amazing beers. Absolutely. Everything was was on point. Thanks so much to uh Steve for inviting us and Groveland Tap for, for having us to this this awesome event. Uh we are, are joined by Steve from the Groveland Tap and by David from Sixteen Ounce Society. Uh Man, for for those that weren't here, for those that that missed it, Steve, walk us through the the menu here because this is one of the best pre-noon beer food experiences I think I've had in recent memory. Yeah, let's just sort of run down course yep. by course, and, and yep. I'll, I'll read off the course, and uh, and the beer is paired with, and you tell us sort of how it all came together and yep. what inspired you yeah, there. I the first course was the Bow Down Sandwich. Am I pronouncing that right? Yep, yep. All right. Bow Down Sandwich. Pork belly, peanut sauce, so basically like kind of a banh mi type Yep, yep, a flan of banh mi. Um, that one, the, uh, the beer from Junkyard, the Barrel Age King Size. Oh, God, that was Just good. Just a peanut oh, butter stout aged in Jack Daniels barrels. Uh, and took... Just basically kind of took that beer, what that's going to be like. Uh, took the pork belly, did a black pepper glaze on top of that pork belly. Oh. And did uh, some cured daikon and some carrots with that. And then just finish it off with a nice kind of spicy peanut sauce and a little bit more of that uh, black pepper glaze on and, the plate. And a bit of cilantro. Cilantro can be a very uh, dividing factor when it comes to uh, to garnish on food sometimes. Yep, yep. Either you like it or you don't like it. Yeah. And, it, and it's kind of hereditary. I love it. Love it. Yeah, put the more cilantro the better yeah. for me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what was it about that uh, about the beer that kind of made the, the what jumped out to you that made you decide to go that route? Something different. It was everybody does a peanut butter porter, and you see that everywhere. Um, and it was a small kind of no name brewery that kind of jumped out at us. Yeah, uh, kind of just stumbled across their uh, 
just a regular peanut butter stout, and they offered this one up to do the breakfast. So it's yeah. kind of jumped at the opportunity to do it. The, the flavors were incredibly complimentary, and I think that was kind of a theme across yep. all four courses, was you did a very nice job of identifying very specific flavors in the beer and complimenting them with, with your food choices. It was and really I, well done. I will throw an endorsement behind uh, what you said with, with Junkyard. If you have not uh, made it a point to sample some of Junkyard's beers, you should definitely do that. So they, uh, they are a smaller brewery, but they do, uh, do deserve... Uh, a little bit of recognition and go ahead and try some of their beers. Yeah, please. Uh, second course, Emerald Isle Porridge. Spent green granola dried fruit paired with a Sierra Narwhal trip in the woods. We did a little informal poll sort of around us. Yep. And many, many people mentioned this as their favorite course of the, uh, of the day. Cool. So, so the big debate at our table was uh, what's the difference between porridge and oatmeal? Uh, porridge is oatmeal. <laughs> that it, it, it's kind of I, I just kind of it's a fancy way. It's a old, fancy word for oatmeal. Old timey oatmeal. Yeah. Um, that I used a. Um, we'll start with the spent grain. I took uh, spent grain left over from the freehouse and took that, dried that out, and then uh, turned that into the granola with the rolled oats. Uh, the porridge is made out of steel cut oats and cinnamon and sugar and just kind of nice and bubbly long and slow spent uh, half my day yesterday cooking those it was great stick to your ribs yes. full of flavor so what was the fruit you threw on there uh the fruit was the uh dried apricots and dried cherries mm. and then i yeah. kind of made a uh jack daniels and uh stout to kind of play into the uh bourbon barrel of the narwhal mm-hmm that dish was a very good example of of how food can help beer. Absolutely. You took a sip of that beer, Schmitty. Yep. And you kind of went, eh, you gave it a little sour face. You're I like, did. Eh, I'm not crazy about this. I did. But then when the when the uh, when the course came out and you paired it, the dried fruit and the and the and the oats in there kind of d- had a had a cutting effect on on a tartness of the beer a little bit at yeah. least for me it's what i like to to think of as the the whole is greater than the sum of its parts right where together they created the the perfect experience when it comes to uh, what you would do with a porridge and a beer yep so it, it, while we're talking about the beer what what is in that beer cuz there was there was a lot of flavor going on there. Red and black currants. There that's you the currants. That's what it All was. Right. Yeah. Yep. That's what that's what made me kind of squint a little bit. Yeah, there was a tartness that you don't normally get with a stout. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And that and that's kind of that was the one keg that left the tap room last year, and we were able to get our hands on that one and nice. sat on it downstairs in the cellar for a year for this breakfast this year. See, no wonder I couldn't find any notes on that because there was one other like walk in the woods. And I'm like, no, that's not right. It's not a Scotch ale. I don't know because I was I wanted to figure out what that component was that I was trying to draw out. Moving on to the third course, this was my personal favorite course, uh, Three Little Pigs. You had cheddar grits, eggs, pork three ways, paired with a dogfish head beer for breakfast. My favorite course and my favorite beer. But I, I, that was my, my number one beer of the, of the morning. And, man, <laughs> that was a good dish. Good. I'm tasty. glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> I'm, not even, I'm not even a grits fan. Those were phenomenal. The, yeah. <laughs> he was licking the plate. <laughs> the grits... Either you know, in there, it's another old, old time kind of coming back around type of dish. Um, these were 
traditional grits, cheddar cheese, uh, vegetable stock, and just kind of spent as I was doing the steel cut oats for the porridge, was doing the grits at the same time yesterday. <laughs> um, long, slow, slow process. Um, the pork took in took a uh, pork loin, unrolled that, and then stuffed that with the spam and the. Uh, oh, that was, that was spam. spam! That was. I had a. That was spam oh. in there. I had a suspicion. Yep. <laughs> I had a. I didn't want to say anything. <laughs> But in Sliced. my head, at one yep. point, I was like, this is a bit spammy. <laughs> well, there was like a black pepper rub in there, too. Am I wrong? That was a um, porchetta oh, uh, rub that I did. That was amazing. That was so was good. so good with that here. All right, so yeah. controversial Minnesota topic. Will you share the ingredients of your porchetta rub? Porchetta rub is fennel, uh, celery salt, olive oil, parsley, and oregano. Write that down, folks. I know people who have a closely guarded porchetta yeah. rub family secret they will not share, and it was amazing. It was so really good. If you're going to make porchetta, yeah. do it off of that. Those, all those components in that dish played so well together. If you, were, if you could get a bite with a little bit of egg, a little bit of grits, a little bit of, little bit of the pork, a little mm-hmm. bit of the, the, the porchetta rub, and the, you know, man, it was delicious. Everything worked incredibly well together. And it took that beer, which was uh, kind of coffee kind of smoky yep. you know i got a ton of smoke off of that but i'm i'm very sensitive to that that yeah. flavor though yeah it just uh, it paired perfectly yeah there was there was yeah well chicory done. in there it was it was a great pairing yeah all right uh last course chicken and waffle uh i was very excited for this one cake waffle uh 45 sauce which you're gonna have to explain that to us uh, paired with founders cbs the chicken and waffle i took a Basically, cake waffle batter or cake donut batter, and did a waffle out of it. Yeah, it kind of seemed like that. Yep. Yeah, and then took chicken skin, breaded that, and then deep fried that as my chicken because yeah. who doesn't love fried chicken skin? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Not this guy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the forty-five sauce we took um, maple syrup, Jack Daniels, uh, some heavy cream, and buttered sugar, and just kind of turn that into a lot of love yes, to go did. on top yeah. of yes. to, yeah, play into the KBS and stuff. So Yeah, the the, the CBS it's the uh, of course the Canadian breakfast out from, from founders and uh, I, I saved a, I think a little bit for you here, Steve, uh, but I brought a bottle from home from the first release of, of this beer from 2011 because I've been searching high and low to try to find a bottle to do a vertical and it's they must have released about three bottles to the metro area because I've not been able to find it anywhere. So I snuck a bottle in here. Don't tell anybody. But I got 14 glasses, and we did kind of a side-by-side vertical pairing with breakfast. And it, don't here's don't age coffee beer. Like it's there's still a bit of coffee in this beer, but it's been on seven years now, and it was a, a foolhardy thing of me to do to age uh, a coffee beer. That flavor just doesn't stick around. Yeah, that's fair. But it was fair. bad. Still not bad. Not no. bad. Not bad at all. <laughs> there, ain't a, there ain't a damn thing wrong with that beer. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, kudos, man. Uh, great job. Thank you. Awesome, awesome Thank you. meal. Thank you all guys for coming dishes. out and doing all this well, stuff, this too. This is just so. a great way to kick off Stout Wheat here at Groveland Tap. Give yeah. us a real quick rundown of what people can expect here at Stout Wheat. Stout Week, we uh, will start on Monday. The... I'm trying 12th. to the date, the 12th. Yep. Uh, we will put 30 different stouts on tap. And everything from the Summit Oatmeal Stout to 
No, I'm trying to think of what else that we've got going on. <laughs> well, we'll put a link to the to the list up. Yeah, at, at yeah. the show notes. Yep. Yeah, yeah, there is quite a bit of them that they uh, end up doing and stuff like that on there. And we just tap them all on Monday and run them through until they're gone. Uh, so come out Monday and start having fun with them all. Yeah, there you have it. We will, we will do that. Uh, thank you so you much. Uh, thanks again. <laughs> yeah, thanks to Bloom Play Group for having us. Thanks, <laughs> thanks Steve, for making us part of this special day. And, and thanks to Grill and Tap for making us uh, a part of it. Yep. Yep. Final segment of this week's Minnesota Beer Cast coming up next. Message and data rates may apply. If you're considering going back to school, ask yourself the following questions. Do you need the flexibility to take classes on your schedule? Do you have college credits you need transferred? Do you want to earn a quality degree from a world-renowned university? If you answered yes to any of these questions, Arizona State University is the perfect school for you. Arizona State. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The Stout Breakfast, as we've been talking about, absolutely stunning, absolutely amazing. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and start my nap now. So, Schmitty, you're on your own. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have uh, maybe a couple more beers. I'm gonna make my way home, maybe have a a cigar, and then take a nap. So that's wise. You know, it's the weekend. That's good thinking right there. (laughs) Yeah, if uh, if you haven't been out to one of these stout breakfasts by by all means uh keep an eye out for them uh really just night i mean the beer dinners have been getting more and more popular this sure. is a nice nice twist on that nice different take on pairing your favorite beers with your favorite foods oh and that's great i mean we've we've had a lot of beers today that that focus on you know the other side of the the beer spectrum you know everybody is crazy about hops hoppity hop hops but this you know when you want to have a, a beer that pairs well with breakfast there's so much more you can do with the other side of the flavor spectrum when it comes to adding coffee, putting it in barrels, um, you know, vanilla, vanilla, a lot of vanilla, the, the different adjuncts today. that you can really add to a beer that aren't going to go well with a hoppy beer. So try try pairing a, a cake waffle with a hoppy beer. It's not going to work. <laughs> You've got to have that that CBS from Founders that's going to work with uh, a waffle like that. So, but we are uh, we are joined by a couple gentlemen. We'll we'll reintroduce them again. Uh, David from Sixteen Ounce Society and Mark from Chop Lever hello. Beer Fest. Hello, hello. How are you doing? Good, good. Thanks for having us, guys. Absolutely. So, for folks that aren't aware, David, why don't you tell people about Sixteen uh, Ounce Society and what you guys do there? I'm gonna interrupt first and just say they're awful. Don't hire them. <laughs> uh, no, I, truly, before he gets to, to pump his own ego, uh, they are outstanding. If, if you're looking for a t-shirt supply company, we, we have all of our Beer Fest shirts done by him. They've been a, a part of our events for, for years now, and, and, and really, they're just they're the definition of what a, a small local business should be. Well, and I'll echo that sentiment. You know, I've done several projects with David uh, and the crew over at 16 Ounce Society and these other companies where even from, you know, supporting community hops and some of the other things that we've yep. done uh, around town, I've done a fantastic job of engaging the local community and supporting it as well. So with that, uh, I'll hand it off to you, David, and give people a rundown of what you guys do. So I've been doing this for uh, over five years now. Um, it's a great community to be a part of. I'm a designer, uh, beer drinker, and, you know, back in 2012, I designed a shirt, and it just went from there. Uh, 
I'm a Minnesota Brewers Guild member. Uh, we just love beer, love celebrating it. We have a bunch of different state designs, the state of beer. Um, you know, our favorite winter event is the uh, Northern Lights, which is coming up in a month and a half. Yeah, yeah. A month maybe. You know, so yeah, it's just it's been a lot of fun. Uh, we do we tweak our designs for different Minnesota breweries, um, and it's been great. So thanks for having me. Thanks for coming by. It was a, it was a pleasure to share breakfast with you. Yeah, that was no, that uh, <laughs> the spent grain was one of my favorite topics. Oh man, on the that, porridge, that oatmeal yeah. was really yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. So was it was it all right? So was it porridge or was it oatmeal? Or it's what, oatmeal that they call porridge. Because what's the what's the difference? What's I the have difference? no idea. I am what's not. Spent so grain? so pre, I think prior to 1900, right? They called it porridge, <laughs> and then in, in in the 1900s they decided to call it oatmeal. <laughs> so then what's, I think that's really the only difference. <laughs> Steel cut oats, then. It's steel. Uh, it's oats that are cut by steel. <laughs> they're, they're the new porridge. That's what they are. But steel cut is apparently way better than regular. Right. Oh yes, way better. I, well, I, I got tin cut oats, and it just yeah, wasn't the same. Yeah, it wasn't the same. I couldn't even taste the steel, to be totally honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've been hyping up uh, Northern Lights for a good while now, Mark, and we're yeah. we're coming up to it. Uh, but you guys are slowly releasing details about the event. Totally. Uh, yep. Tell us about that. Well, yeah. So yesterday uh, was was the first announcement. We had last year's People's Choice Award winner. Forager. Uh, they made a funny video. I don't know how it got released because I have my social media guy who did it and he made it sound like maybe they had to cut it into multiple videos or something like that. I don't know. Either way, you should find it because it was a hilarious video. All right, we'll, we'll try to link to it in the show notes. They, they had a guy from Rochester. His name's Nick Stranky. Came out in like a snowman or a Santa Claus oh, yeah. garb with a tiger mask on with a machete just slamming beers, pouring a beer all over his face, like all over the place. It, it was funny. I mean, we've, we've got all the Minnesota breweries doing some videos for us to kind of release their beers. Nice. And, uh, and I think they definitely set the bar very high with, with how much fun they had with it. And and I think that only shows how excited some of these breweries are to be a part of the event, which is cool for us. I mean... Yeah. Well, it's a great event to be a part of. They should well, be we try to, Well, we try to do the best we can, right? Yeah. We try to make the best events we can. It's really exciting when the breweries kind of show that they're that excited to be a part of it. So how many of the breweries are going to be Minnesota breweries versus non-Minnesota breweries. It's, One of the things I really enjoy about your event is that it's not just local. It's, yeah, the, it's not a guild event. It's the creme de la creme, right? Yep, I mean, it's, yeah. it's good folks from yeah, all we over the country. Yeah, we handpick. I mean, what we like to think are the best breweries available in Minnesota. Uh, this year we have been very fortunate. We, we started rotating in more Minnesota breweries. You know, we got Junkyard from up in Moorhead who was here at their Stout Breakfast today. Uh, Modest. Fair State's new this year. Dangerous Man's joining the event. Uh, you know, so we got a, we're got we starting to incorporate a lot of these newer breweries that previously they didn't have any barrel-aged beers or they didn't have any special offerings. So now they do. Yeah. And we're able to kind of get them into the fold and into the mix. And we've actually got all the Minnesota breweries on a like a three-year cycle now. So oh, there's cool. certain breweries okay. that are going to be on a two-year cycle and certain breweries that are going to be on a three-year cycle. And they all know when they're going to be so they can save those two beers a couple years away and be like, okay, those are for Northern Lights in 2021, you know, and they don't have to try to come up some with, with something new every time, and so I think that's helped out a lot, but we, we used to do 20 national and 10 local, I think we're at 18 and 12. 
We went so up to 12 local. Just there's there's enough good breweries here. Well, yeah, and that, and that's one of the other things I wanted to ask is that you know when you first started this event, it was a few years ago, and things have definitely changed in the local craft beer yeah, scene, absolutely. if you will. I don't know how ridiculous it's not calling it a scene, but I mean the the community, if you would. Well, no, so it, I know what you're kind of saying, and, and I think Dave Hoops said it best year one when he was still at Fickers. I think he said it best. He asked me, he goes, how did you decide what breweries were going to be here? How did you decide 20 national brands and 10 local? And I said, well, we're not the guild, so we're not going to cater to every Minnesota brand. But we also have to remember that all these Minnesota brands wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the Sierra Nevadas, the Dogfish, the Sam Adams, the, all these national brands that uh, set the bar 30 years ago. Well, introduced people's palates to the and, and, concept of, yeah. as it was called then, microbrews. Right, and, and, and Dave <laughs> literally goes, you could not have answered that better. He goes, that was the only response you could have given me that was correct. Yeah. And, and he was so happy, and, and that's that's a Minnesota guy, that's a guild guy saying, I'm glad that you don't just have all Minnesota breweries. I'm glad that you're paying homage to the brands that really have established craft beer. You know, it, that's an interesting point to bring up. Um, and and before I, I transition to the next topic, I just wanted to let folks know, um, and we've got details on the show notes, but if you are interested in a couple tickets to the Northern Lights Rare Beer Fest, tag us, take Northern Lights on social media um, and here coming up in the next few weeks we're going to give away a, a pair of tickets yeah tag uh, MN underscore beer cast yeah. make sure to mention us and use the hashtag rare beer fest yep use the hashtag rare beer fest and everybody that does that over the next few weeks because we've been running this for a little while now so we've yep. already got several entries but everybody who does that we will randomly draw for a pair of tickets to really in my opinion what's become like the premier beer event In it's just amazing well, thank it's, you. Yeah. If you like craft beer, if you like trying new things, this is kind of a must-attend event because you're literally, by the name, going to get things you will never, ever be able to get anywhere else. That, that is true, and uh, you know we're, we're very fortunate we have the best venue probably in the state of Minnesota yep. outside of being on the shore of a lake. <laughs> you know, uh, The Minnesota History Center truly is the, the nicest yeah. venue in, this, in the state. The and food's phenomenal. The, the, the catering company does such a great job. I mean, they make us look really good, you know, between the breweries, the venue, and then the food. They make us, they yeah. make Juno and I look really smart. Do you, uh, do you have some some beers and breweries you want to announce real quick? Well, all the breweries are announced. The beers are coming out every day for the next 30 days. So. We've asked you this before. Now that you know some of the beers that are being announced, what are you most excited about? Um, oh, geez. Well, I think I'm probably, uh, most excited for Brooklyn Brewery. So they haven't been in the event in a couple years. Um, so we work with Pints for Prostates, right? Uh, awesome organization, great charity. Um, they're very close with Garrett Oliver from Brooklyn Brewery. Garrett Oliver actually went in his own personal cellar and pulled a keg for this event. So I guess I guess I would have to say I'm pretty excited for that beer because yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> it, it literally came <laughs> out of his own like personal a... cellar. You know, he, he said, oh, it's they're, they're helping Pints for Prostates? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to give them this beer. That's so awesome. I would say that one's probably up there. The only thing better would have been Garrett coming himself, but you know how everybody's schedules are. Yeah. So. Well, and he's a rock superstar yeah, brewing. He's literally the Beatles. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> <That's> phenomenal. <laughs> well, that'll do it for this episode. 
Yeah, unfortunately, we are out of time. This is a, this is too much fun. We're having a great time uh, drinking some fantastic stouts here at Groveland Tap. Thank you to them for uh, for allowing us to come and do oh, the they show. They do a great here. job with it. For anybody out there who maybe isn't coming to Northern Lights, or even if you're coming to Northern Lights, we're actually doing another breakfast just like this here, the morning of Northern Lights. Oh, and it's oh, going to be a brewer's breakfast. Guess where I'll be? Right. So yeah. yeah, so it's not suddenly it's, I'm a brewer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. So instead of just stouts, kind of preparing for stouts week that's coming up here at Grove and Tap, it's a brewer's breakfast. So Jeremy Danner from Boulevard will be here. Deschutes Brewing Company has a brewer coming into town. Bells will have a guy in town. Um, so we're doing a brewer's breakfast the morning yeah, we gotta, of uh, we gotta Northern the Nights. We gotta, I think we already have you guys at the table right here. Yep. Okay. All right. Sounds good. We'll be here. We will be, uh, we'll so people be back. should check that out. I think I'm they're going to start promoting it next week. So yeah, Phenomenal. All right. Northern Lights Rare Beer Fest. Uh, thank you for uh, stopping by and hanging out with us a little bit, Mark. Yeah, thank you sure. to Grove and Tap. And 16 ounce society. Great place to get Shout out to David. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks again. We will catch you next time on the Minnesota Beercast. Cheers. This little song is more to the point. Roll out the barrel and lend me your ears. I like beer. It makes me a jolly good fellow.